Good morning, church family. My name is Melinda Dennis. Um, I'm a covenant member here at Providence Road. We're so glad that you've chosen to tune in this morning and join us. I know we say it every week, but we really do miss you guys so much. We miss being in this room together with you and um, worshiping in person, but we're so grateful for the chance to be able to worship in spirit together this morning um, in your homes as you worship as individuals and with your families. Um, so yeah, we're just thankful that you're here. Um, I know for many of you, you kind of are in the groove of how this works each week, but if you're new um, this week or haven't participated before, we wanna be sure that you know, um, there's a couple of links that you wanna look for. Um, it should be found wherever you found this video. Um, one link will take you to the family worship guide, which will just walk you through what we're doing here this morning. Um, parents, we especially want to be sure that you um, grab the worship guide. There's some special additions for your kiddos, um, craft ideas and um, stories and things like that. So feel free to pause as you go along um, to add those elements in. Um, and then also there's a link to a place where you can sing some songs of worship with some members of our worship team as well. Um, to get us started this morning, we're going to read from Psalm 103. Um, this is our call to worship this morning, so read along with me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Now we're gonna move into a time of adoration, and this is just a time where we want our hearts to, um, to just turn to the Lord, um, to worship him for who he is, to reflect on his character and his goodness and his beauty. Um, read with me from Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this, this time forth and forevermore. Now we want to take a minute um, for a time of confession to con just confess our sins before God. So read this prayer of confession with me. Jesus, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Yet we take a weight upon ourselves that we were never meant to bear. Father, you clothe us, feed us, protect us, yet we often don't trust that you will provide for us. You do not slumber or sleep, yet we stay awake with worry. In our pride, we try to satisfy and carry our needs apart from you. You tell us to seek first your kingdom, but we allow ourselves to be overrun and crushed by the cares of this world. You tell us to trust you with our whole hearts and not lean on our own understanding. Yet we have been formed more by our own anxieties than by your promises. Help us to cast our cares on you, knowing that you care for us. Our restless hearts are not at rest until they find rest in you. 
Take a few minutes now and just reflect on your need for forgiveness that is found in the grace of God. Now we want to take a moment to remember that God provides everything we need for salvation and that we have that assurance in him. So read these words of assurance with me. Your Father in heaven knows what you need before you ask. He gives from the overflow of his inexhaustible mercy. His nearness is like a constant shadow at your side. He is eager to supply your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Jesus has made his Father our Father through his finished work and gives us the gift of his Holy Spirit so that we may rest in him without fear. Do not be anxious like the world, for we are sons and daughters of a good Father. The Lord keeps his people. He does not forget us or turn away from us. From where does our help come? Our help comes from the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as we enter into this time of prayer, I wanted to uh, just read a passage over us uh, that we can use just to model our thanksgiving. So this is um, out of Lamentations, uh, chapter three, verse 19. Um, remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast of the Lord, love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Um, so as we enter um, in, into this time of prayer, um, please use that as a, a means of praying back your thanksgiving to God. Um, you know, even, even in uh, the way in this was written during a time of a much uncertainty, um, you can still see that they have hope um, in who Jesus is and then um, just thanksgiving for um, his steadfast love. Um, so after you do that, um, we're gonna, we have a few prayer points as well. Um, first, uh, just play for the physically vulnerable. So you may know of people that are afflicted by um, sickness, whether um, it's this current virus or something else. So please take some time uh, to pray for those. Um, those that are economically vulnerable. So this has impacted a lot of people and their livelihoods um, you know, in, in various ways. It's almost touched everybody. Um, and then most of all, just the spiritually vulnerable. So those that, um, you know, are questioning, you know, why is this happening? And, and maybe um, just in confusion of, of what's happening in this world. And they may be seeking, um, you know, spiritual answers and maybe questioning things that they wouldn't have normally. So I also want to take time to pray for them. So please go ahead and pause the video, um, take a few minutes to pray for those, through those things, and then I'll come back and, and close this out in prayer. Father, we, um, <clears throat> we just thank you um, for who you are and that um, even in the midst of uncertainty, you give us hope um, because we know um, that uh, your steadfast love endures forever and that um, each day you, you grant us new mercies. Um, so I just pray that you would um, make us a thankful people even in the midst of um, uncertain times. Um, Lord, we also want to lift up um, those 
that are um, just physically vulnerable, those who um, are battling illness and even just people going to the hospital for other things besides this virus that aren't able to um, be with loved ones um, like they otherwise would. And those that just um, are, have um, uh, compromised immune systems and may not um, feel trapped in their homes and not being able to get out. So Lord, we just um, pray for those. We pray for um, quick recoveries of those that are sick. Um, Father, we also just pray for um, the economically vulnerable, um, you know, Many have lost their jobs and have been impacted um, uh, more recently, but there's also those that um, were already vulnerable before this and, and even more so now. And so we ask that um, you would be uh, with those people and that they would um, understand that they can still trust in you and, and rely on you, Father. Um, and last we, lastly, we also pray for the spiritually vulnerable Lord. Um, we just pray that uh, Providence Road and, and the people of um, the church would be um, there to just respond to some of these um, uh, people that are, are questioning um, what, what is happening and um, what, is, um, you know, what is the point of all of this. And so I just ask that the church would be um, there to respond and, and um, answer those questions and be a place where um, people can feel comforted and uh, where people can come to answer. So we just ask for all these things, Lord. We um, pray that you would just grant us a love that can only come through um, the Holy Spirit, Lord, and that that would be manifest to um, back to you, but also to our neighbors, Lord. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Um, we'll now be continuing on um, in our worship time just through giving. And so while we're still, we're not able to meet um, together, the needs of the church continue on. Uh, but most importantly, just the needs of um, to, to support the growth of the gospel throughout this city and throughout uh, this country. Uh, we have numerous church planners and things like that that we support and we want to continue to support and we want to see more churches planted throughout um, you know this state and throughout this country and, and internationally um, no that might be difficult now but at some point in time that that time will come um, but then also too we want to be a church that can support um, people within uh, providence road but in the community as well and so um, that giving is a means of supporting uh, those people uh, too. So we thank you for that and uh, just ask that if you um, are led to give, you can go to provroad.org slash give. Thank you. It's good to be with you today. The next several weeks, we're going to be looking at different Psalms from the book of Psalms. And the book of Psalms in the Bible is unique in, in that it takes us inside, uh, the, in a sense, the prayer closet of God's people. You get a peek behind the curtain of God's people's hearts and their minds um, as they relate to God in prayer and in worship. And these are deep, deep um, readings, um, the Psalms are. And, and they're unique in the sense that they're, they're honest, they're, they're raw. A man that wrote half the Psalms in the book of Psalms was a man named David who had an up and down relationship with God. They're very unique as it relates to the rest 
of Scripture. And we do want you to engage like we have been doing here during this time, but more so than we were before, we'd like for you to take this psalm home or the, the psalm that we walk through on Sunday and take it home and use it um, as you pursue God, as you connect with God alone at home during this time. We want you to be able to walk through it, and hopefully we're giving you um, kind of a, a model on how to walk through um, a particular psalm. Now, this psalm we're going to look at today is what is um, categorized as a psalm of lament. There are different categories of psalms, psalms of celebration, psalms of victory, um, psalms of repentance, psalms that are more theological, focused on God's character, and then there are psalms of lament, and that's what we're going to look at today. And the thing about lament is that our world struggles with it. We, I think we just do. Um, we we um, struggle with how it makes us feel. Because lament is, is, is what it is, is just crying out in grief. Crying out in grief that, that something's wrong. There's anger mixed in. There's sadness. And we don't like those emotions as human beings. Think about the last time you were deeply grieved or saddened or devastated over something. Think about that. Think back to those emotions you were feeling during that time, and maybe because of the season we're in, maybe that wasn't in the too distant past. And if you put yourself back there in those moments where you're feeling this, we don't like it. We don't like it. We tend to want to avoid those kinds of emotions as human beings. We don't like crying in public. Most of us don't. Um, we don't like thinking about death. When these feelings arise, we want to typically stuff them down and pretend like they're not there or we medicate ourselves or distract ourselves to at least remove those feelings from us, at least temporarily. That's usually how we handle lament or sadness. And this lament we're gonna look at today in Psalm 44 is a corporate lament, meaning that it's a lament not as an individual to God necessarily, but it's God's people coming to God collectively lamenting before God. And the God's people here, they're not, they're not doubting. They're not doubting God. They're just confused. They can't see the immediate purpose of the suffering that they find themselves in in that present time. And they show they have faith in God because they come to him. They, they believe he can do something because they're actually coming to him. If they didn't have faith, they wouldn't come to him. But they do have faith. They're just confused. And one of the things um, in, I think, a secular culture that makes things difficult that we find ourselves in these days is that um, one is really free to do whatever they want to in life to, find, to make themselves happy. But when suffering comes into our lives, we don't know what to do with it in a secular culture because it doesn't make sense. We don't have a category for it. We don't have a, a chapter in our book of life or an act in the play of life to, to put suffering where it makes sense. It just gets in the way of joy um, in the secular mindset. But contrary to this, Christianity has suffering woven into the fabric of its story. Listen to this quote from Tim Keller. It's profoundly realistic because it tells us, Christianity, suffering is inevitable. No one escapes it. We shouldn't be surprised and shocked by it. The Bible is terribly matter of fact about the reality that the world is filled with misery. Yet it offers not merely a spiritual afterlife, but the hope of a renewed creation, the resurrection, and a material world wiped clean of decay and suffering and death. No other religion promises such a thing. 
The Bible presents God's relationship to suffering as both stronger and weaker, as it were, than does any other religion. On the one hand, God is, obvious, is, is absolutely sovereign over suffering. He is. It's never out of his control. It's always part of his plan. But on the other hand, God has come into the world himself and actually suffered with us. No other religion says that God is both a sovereign and a suffering God. This is the theological foundation for why Christians can be so realistic and yet so hopeful about suffering at the same time. This is the mindset and the worldview that God's people had in this psalm as we're going to look at it. Now, it's Psalm 44, and there's four parts to it. And I want, to, I want you to see these four parts because as you're reading and going through this at home, I want you to see the four different movements of God's people as they, um, as they read this psalm. Verse 1, and this is the, the, the confidence and the praise in who God, did, God is. Verse 1, O oh God, we have heard with our ears. Our fathers have told us what deeds you perform, performed in their days, in the days of old. You with your own hand drove out the nations, but them you planted. You afflicted the peoples, but them you set free. For not by their own sword did they win the land, nor did their own arm save them. But your right hand and your arm and the light of your face, for you delighted in them. You are my king, O God, ordain salvation for Jacob. Through you we push down our foes. Through your name we tread down those who rise up against us. Listen to verse 6 here. Listen to the trust in who God is. For not in my bow do I trust, nor can my sword save me. But you have saved us from our foes and have put to shame those who hate us. In God we have boasted continually, and we will give thanks to your name forever. In the moment they find themselves in, the God's people can't see clearly. They don't know the why behind the events they find themselves in. So what do they do? They remind themselves of the story they find themselves in, which is God's story. God's story of redemption. They call to their minds who God is and what he has done in the past. And this is the way we should approach biblical lament, to remember who God is first. Think back and remember what he has done on our behalf. Then verse 9 moves into the second section, which is lament. Listen to this. But you have rejected us and disgraced us. They're coming strong at God with this. They're honest and have not gone out with our armies. You've made us turn back from the foe, and those who hate us have gotten spoiled. You have made us like sheep for the slaughter, and you have scattered us among the nations. You have sold your people for a trifle, demanding no high price for them. You have made us the taunt of our neighbors, the derision and scorn of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations, a laughingstock amongst the peoples. That means the people around them think they're a joke. Verse 15, all day long my disgrace is before me, and shame has covered my face. At the sound of the taunter and reviler, at the sight of the enemy and the avenger. Okay, they're very honest here, right? They're very honest with God. The suffering, they're suffering at the hands of another nation in, in probably a military setting. And many times in the biblical narrative, God allows suffering to come in to God's people's lives because of what they've done, because of their rebellion and sin. But this doesn't seem like it's the case here. Most scholars think that this isn't because that they're suffering. This is really unjust. God just brings this suffering into their lives, and it seems out of their control. It wasn't their sin that caused this. 
This is why I think we can relate to this and relate to, to the people of God during this time. Because a lot of the suffering and the, the, the instability and the chaos that we find ourselves in is not our own doing. We can't point to ourselves to say, we caused this. Now maybe right now you are frustrated and, and, and angry with God about where we are at right now. And you can, you can, you can, you can empathize with the Israelites here, that they were frustrated with God. I think it's okay here to, to lament to God. Look at verse 17. This is the third. So we have um, remembering who God is, kind of celebrating his character. Uh, then we have lament. And the third section here is protest. Verse 17. All this has kind of come upon us. That we have not forgotten you. And we have not been false to your covenant. Our heart has not turned back, nor have our steps departed from your way. And down to 22, they're just saying here that we, we can't think of anything we've done wrong. Like we, we've, we've followed you. We haven't forgotten you. We haven't been false to the covenant. covenant. And so there's, this, there's this, um, this, this protest. Like we didn't deserve this, God. And maybe that's what we're thinking about today, many of us. Why? Why, God? Why are we going through this? Why the death? Why the job loss? Why the economy and the way it is? Then the last section is petition. Petition. So you have protest and the last one's petition. Verse 23. Awake! Exclamation. Why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our belly clings to the ground. Here's another petition. Rise up. Come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. And obviously, God's not asleep, right? God's not asleep. Um, he, they're not, they're, they're not really trying to wake him up, but they're, 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 they're so intimately connected to God in relationship. They, they just see him like they would another person. And they're saying, wake up God. And this has kind of echoes from when the disciples were in the boat with Jesus and the storm was happening and Jesus was asleep in the boat. And they said, Jesus, wake up. Like we're, we're going to die. Wake up. And this has the same kind of tenor is that, but they have such an intimate relationship with God. They feel comfortable to say, wake up, God. We need you. We need your help. And then verse 25, I really like this because it says, our, our, for our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our belly clings to the ground. You can imagine that picture, someone prostrate on the ground, flat. Their, their belly, it says, their belly clings to the ground. Our soul is bowed down to the dust. They're, they're humbled here. They're coming to him, know that they can't get out of this. They need his help. And then in verse 26, um, they know he can help. They know he's the source of steadfast love. He's saying, save us. You can do it. I know you're strong enough. You're God. You're our God. You're, you're our Savior. Help us. We know you're the, the, the source of steadfast love. And I think it's kind of unique that they say, redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. Not redeem us because we're great or because we're righteous or because we're awesome or do, every, do all the right things. It says, redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love, which means really like, so everybody... In, in Israel and uh, the world around can see your love. They can see your name. They can, they can praise and worship you because of your love. That's why we want you to save us, they say. So I would just, I would just encourage you to think about this psalm and, and, and be, have some freedom to lament. It's okay. God wants us to, to bring the sadness and the anger and the frustration and the confusion to him. He wants that. There, there are whole psalms where God's people are coming to him and asking why. But the most important thing is they're coming to him. 
And if you've put your faith in Jesus, if you believe um, Jesus did the work for you, that he took, his, took, took, took your place um, on the cross, satisfied God's wrath, and rose from the dead, if you believe that, then you have a relationship with God. So I would say take advantage of that and come to him with all of you. Even your anger, even your sadness, even, the, even your tears and, and, and crying when we don't want to cry. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I would pray uh, that you would consider this God who welcomes the broken, who welcomes the, the one who's sad, and put your faith in him and do that. And, and, and I'll say the last thing here before I pray and close this time is I would encourage you to use this at home. Take this home um, or, or look up Psalm 44 at home and walk through it. And especially in that lament part, use that and think about what you're lamenting right now. What are you grieving? What have you lost? Maybe it's just you're isolated and you're tired of being stuck in the house. Bring that to God. He knows you. He wants to hear you. But there's a progression. Remember, celebrating God's character, lament, protest, and then petition. This is a roadmap for how to um, biblically lament. And I, I pray that we would practice this and that we would use this as an opportunity to come to God and strengthen our relationship with him. Let me pray. Father, I, I love that this kind of psalm is in the Bible. I love that we hear the rawness of God's people coming to you and saying, help. We don't know why you're doing this to us. We don't know why you're, you're having this happen to us. But they're still coming to him. They remember his character. They don't doubt how great he is. They don't doubt how strong he is. They don't doubt that he can save them. They remember those things, but they're frustrated and they're angry and they're sad. All the emotions that we feel, the Psalms have those in them. So I pray we would use this book of scripture to strengthen our prayer life. I pray we would read this and put ourselves in the place of God's people. And I pray that we would experience that steadfast love in that last line of this psalm, that we would experience that because we lament. That when we don't lament and we don't bring all of ourselves to God, we lose the chance to experience God's steadfast love. Help us, God. Move us. I pray that your spirit would, would, would cause us to pursue you in this way. Amen. So as we close out this time together, I just want to read this uh, passage over us. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.